Good. Greetings, fellow beings. Today we have Blueberry with us. She's also one of my close friends. And today we are going just going to discuss about the last books we read. Hi. So, hello, Blueberry. <laughs> hello. How are you doing? I'm alrighty, I guess. It's fine. Perfect. So ready to go. Yes. So what was the last book you read? The last book I read, actually, I don't want to talk about the last book I read because the last book I read was Jane Eyre from Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a massive book. And other people have said way more things, like mm -hmm. way more things, what the hell, have said way better things about this than I ever could say about it. Okay. Be but I do want to mention this book because first of all, what the hell, Jane? <laughs> Jane, are you all right? No, um, because the way I, I got this book yeah. was from um, Project Gutenberg. I don't know if you know ah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. That is such a good project. Like this library of free books, I actually looked it up. They have 60,000 uh -huh. free ebooks. Yes. <laughs> all in English. Yep. <laughs> the thing that is a bit annoying for me as a German <laughs> is that in Germany, it is not available. Oh. You can't actually get this website open in Germany. Yeah, I mean, I can send you. Just ask me. <laughs> yeah, definitely, I will. <laughs> but um, so that's that's like a copyright thing, I guess. Like in Germany, you can only have mm -hmm. books be free if the authors have been dead for 70 years or something like that. I don't know. It's pretty annoying. Oh. Like literally every other country, you can just go to Project Gutenberg. Yes. And I downloaded it on my last day in Sweden, so that's where I got Jane Eyre from. Good. But I, I was pretty annoyed that it wouldn't work uh, in Germany, because in Germany they have like this alternative called Projekt Gutenberg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, they very different. Yes. They literally just made it because they have like a copyright beef going on with the original Project Gutenberg. And there you can get 10,000 books and all of them in German. And hmm. it's not so good. But yeah, that's rather where I got Jane Eyre from, at least. <laughs> I mean, the, the English one project, Gutenberg. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I wanted to mention, because I think that's a, that, that's such a cool project. Literally, mm. just give me all the free ebooks. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool yeah. initiative. Yes, absolutely. It really is. Yeah, and then the book I read before that, the book that <laughs> I want to talk about, because it's yes. not, not as many pages. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's it's Ammonite from Nicola Griffith. Oh, okay. Do you know like that a one? Cool author. No. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I thought. No, I just like the author's name, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so that is like a science fiction classic, I think. Oh, science fiction. Nice. Yeah. Do you know like what an ammonite is? No, no, I don't. It's like this this spirally fossil. Like whenever you think of a fossil. Like uh -huh. that—that's the picture that comes to mind. That's an ammonite. Ah, okay. Like I don't know if you've played Animal Crossing, but the symbol for fossil there—that's an ammonite. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm googling it right now. Yeah, and I just very recently heard that like you can purchase these these kind of fossils online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you really shouldn't do it because apparently when they like the companies or whatever go and dig for these ammonites, they just uh -huh. kind of like you know, dig around in the ocean floor, and that's, like, really bad for the environment there, so you shouldn't purchase them online, I guess. Uh -huh. Yeah, now I, I can see, yes. 
yeah, an ammonite, right? I feel like yeah, when, yeah. I, when I read the word, I was like, what the hell? But then I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you look at the picture yeah. and you go like, oh, I've seen that one before. Yeah, <laughs> the same, same feeling. Yeah. Oh, they look yeah. Oh, God, there are so many different types. People are selling it. <laughs> yes, do not buy it. It's evil. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but the book is not evil. It's really good. Actually, uh-huh. I opened up like a little, um, like a little summary because I always... Like, I'm so mm-hmm. bad at summarizing an entire mm-hmm. book in, like, a few sentences. <laughs> yes, so yes, but, I... Wait, wait. Uh, we can discuss with spoilers here, right? I think so. I mean, I I think there there's so much happening there that I wouldn't wouldn't want to go into all of this, but I thought we could maybe discuss a few of the themes because it has some really big, good themes, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, even if people are listening who haven't read the book, it's fine. No spoiler. I mean, spoiler alert. But yeah, here it is free. Then no, decide for yourself. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to tell so many things. Maybe, maybe I'm going to mention some small things. But like the, the I think the big storyline everybody can mm-hmm. explore for themselves. Um, yeah. Okay, so I thought I'm going to read out this little summary, like from the that's written on the back of the book, if that's okay, to give you like an idea of what's happening in there, and then yeah. like maybe go into more detail. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Yes, yes. Change or die. These are the only options available on the planet Jeep. Centuries earlier, a deadly virus shattered the original colony, killing the men and forever altering the few surviving women. Now, generations after the colony has lost touch with the rest of humanity, anthropologist March arrives to test a new vaccine. As she risks death to uncover the women's biological secret, she finds that she too is changing and realizes that not only has she found a home on Jeep, but that she also, oh, oh sorry, that she alone carries the seeds of its destruction. What? Is that a summary or what? <laughs> this is the summary. Sounds scary. <laughs> like, maybe not summary, but like, you know, what they write on the back of the book, I guess. Like yeah, a yeah, teaser, maybe. Like a good, yeah, yeah, introduction. <laughs> A trailer, but for a book, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. And it's it's a really it's a really good book. Mm-hmm. I know I keep saying that about all the books I read. But um <laughs> Yeah, you have a nice taste then. You pick the books. It's a good. I am someone who give like the minimum rating I give in my good rates is three point five. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, right. See, but right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah. love the books which I read. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I didn't like the book, I wouldn't finish reading it. You know, <laughs> <Yeah, true. laughs> okay, but here, um, like to go into a little bit more detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, as a what happens before the actual storyline here is that, um, like, I don't know, Earth is in the distant future, I guess, and mm-hmm. um, like this company. Whose name I forgot. Doesn't matter. It's like big yeah. evil company, I guess. Mm-hmm. They um, send Amazon. out people. <laughs> yeah, <it's not> Amazon. <laughs> Same idea, to be honest. I, I see. I see a lot of parallels there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they try to or like they they go out into space and they colonize other planets. Wow. Uh, okay, it is Amazon in the future. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. where. Like, it, sh- don't give Amazon any ideas. I guess. <laughs> But that's the the direction they're going, yeah. And they don't do it for the fun, of course. They do it for like the resources and stuff, you know. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and apparently they went like some time ago and uh, like colonized a bunch of planets. And like this this planet that we're talking about here is called Jeep. Jeep? I'm not sure if I'm yeah. saying that right. Like it's literally written like the the Jeep, the car. Uh huh. But it's supposed to be like a um, the abbreviation for the, ah, the planet, okay, like okay. GP, like the two letters. It's supposed to be like how you would say these two letters. But uh huh. Okay. Maybe you would have to say GP, but I, I'm I keep calling it G because that's how they write it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's call it. Continue calling it as Jeep. Exactly. I also think that's like easier for the tongue to say, you know, Jeep. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. Jeep. Yeah, Jeep has been colonized. People like went there, but mm -hmm. then the company got out of touch with the people there, and mm -hmm. I don't know. They kind of they were like, okay, like. Fuck this planet. We don't care about you anymore. <laughs> and then they just kind of left it. Uh -huh. And then like multiple generations later, I, I don't know, they just keep saying generations. So I'm guessing it must be a few centuries, actually. They're like, yeah. you know what? Let's give this one a second try. I think I think we can okay. exploit this planet if we try really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all still before the this action starts, right? Like they send another, another I don't know, like another group of people there. Yeah. to colonize this planet. And um, what happens is two things. First of all, they realize that the original settlers mm -hmm. there are yeah. still around. Like they they are now like the natives of the planet, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is like they send, I think it's more like a military operation. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. a bunch of scientists having like a field day. It's It's really like a military operation. So they send like a bunch of people there and they set up a base there and they like, I think they're supposed to like look around and find ways to exploit the resources and I don't know, get rid of the natives or crap like that, you know, like colonize behavior. Yeah, but what happens is that they get sick, like there's a virus. And this virus makes, I think it makes everybody sick, like everybody gets sick and all the men die. Yeah. And I think about 20% of the women die too. Oh. So like only women can survive it, but not all of them do. So okay. like, mm -hmm. you can still die. Like, no, you don't. You are going to die <laughs> definitely. I might die. <laughs> okay, so there's a 80% chance that you would survive. There is a 0% chance that I would survive. Exactly. So that's bad for you, I guess. So maybe don't go yeah. there, you know? Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So that's all happened before. So now they... they um... <laughs> I never realized the parallels to current life, but <laughs> what the company does is they put this entire planet in quarantine <laughs> because of yeah. the virus that is spreading. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't realize the parallels, but now that I'm talking <laughs> about it, I do. So they and put this planet in quarantine. Yeah, sounds not too far. It's too close to reality, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this entire planet is in quarantine now. So I think they have, um, like, the natives are still on the planet. But who knows? You know, we are not really in contact with them yet. They just do their thing. And then you have the people, like, from the, the second colonization try. Like, they the people who essentially run this, this military-ish mm -hmm. base down there. And um, then they also have, like, a little station in space. Mm -hmm. uh, that's I don't know, it sounded like it's kind of the <laughs> space travel equivalent of a train station. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because like people arriving there and then they could go down to the planet. Um and mm -hmm. in theory people from the planet can go up and you know, 
go somewhere else. But because of the quarantine, they have to, um, they're not allowed to go back up anymore. Like the oh. people on the planet have to stay there. And you could go down, but you know, then you're kind of stuck there forever. <laughs> Let's call them space trains for now. Yeah, space trains. Yeah, it, it kind of is like that. I mean, there's like this permanent one station up there. Just okay. kind of hangs out there. And then you could go with your little space train to the station and get out there and then go to the planet and then live there forever or die, I guess. <laughs> you, you would die. <laughs> okay, I'm not going there. Don't go there, yeah. But you could still go to the space station, hang out for a bit and then leave again, I guess. That's still risky. Exactly. So maybe don't. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Um, so what happens, like that's kind of where the storyline starts is with Marge, who's an anthropologist. Yeah. So she's interested mm-hmm. in people. Mm-hmm. And she wants to like find out how how this works with the natives down there, mm-hmm. because um, you know they're all women, but mm-hmm. they manage to like survive for generations and they have children. Mm-hmm. So like, how the hell does that work? You know? What? Yeah. Like, how do women have children together without? I mean, you said the you men? said there are twenty percent chance men would survive. No, no, no. Women twenty percent. Twenty percent chance that women would yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, the men yeah. are dead. Actually, yeah. in this book, there are uh-huh. zero main characters who are men. I think there are no oh. men with speaking roles at all. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't, care, I don't care about those anyways. We had enough books, so it's fine. <laughs> we need exactly. a book like this. <laughs> That's something, like, I was reading a bunch of reviews before we, where we started talking here because I was interested what other people thought about this book. Yeah, yeah. And somebody said... Um, how it's so like there's so many books where it's just casually no no women in there you know yeah, just yeah. like Moby Dick or something you know, just like a bunch of dudes hanging out I guess <laughs> well, that's not Moby Dick I guess but you know what yeah I mean. yeah <laughs> but for a book to only have women in it you need a virus you know to kill them all get rid of them. <laughs> yeah so you know March March is like I want to I want to get to know the people. But of course, uh, the company is like, dude, we're not just setting you down there for the fun of it all. So um, the, the agreement is kind of that she, um, like, she works for this company. She's a part of this company. She was heavily trained by them. She went through literal years of training because, of course, she also is like an astronaut, mm-hmm. right? Because she yeah. goes through space. Mm-hmm. And she learned a bunch of languages and all of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff because she's an anthropologist, too. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of why they have an anthropologist in the company is that, that when they go to like a new planet, they do have to deal with the natives mm. yeah. in, in whatever way they please to, I guess. But they do have to deal with them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so March wants to go to this planet to find out like how the culture works and, you know, like how humanity evolved so separate from the rest of humanity in that place. Yeah. And mm. But the company wants to send her down... Um, to test a vaccine. <laughs> okay. Vaccine. Like, so, those, so the company is like planning to use the native people as the subjects to test the vaccine on. No, no, no. They want to march to like take the vaccine, go yeah. down there, and then like see if she survives it or not. And then, or like if she gets sick or not, if she gets infected. Ah, okay. So, so she is the test subject. Yes. March is the one testing it. Like a testing wow. on herself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Does she know that? Yes, she knows that. Like that's okay, the deal. Okay. Um, right, so right. she she knows that she has to take a pill every day, I think, or maybe twice a day or something like that, like regular mm-hmm. intervals. Yeah. So she gets a bunch of these pills. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, everybody who's on the planet already got sick and then survived it, right? So they all carry yeah. the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So she comes, She, I think the book very much starts with her arriving at the space station up there, like <laughs> the little train station. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she meets a bunch of people there. I think there are like three or four people living up there who like just manage this place, but yeah. you know, like they don't get a lot of travel. So it's more like maintenance, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like one of the women there is working, like develop the vaccine that March now has to take. Mm-hmm. And it's like split into a bunch of places, like ABCD, like multiple stations within the station. And then uh, March has to go like into one of the later stations that's kind of used as like a quarantine station, Mm -hmm. like an isolation place for her to go. Okay. And there she learns that in theory, it is possible for somebody to come up. Like the company has some science stuff down there. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they need to go through a horrible procedure where I think they like all their tissue gets replaced, all their blood gets replaced, they replace the skin. Okay. Like, it sounds very horrible. It's probably also very expensive. Somebody already voices um, the idea to March that maybe the company only says that they do that. And in truth, they just, I don't know. I mean, it would be cheaper to just cremate cremate them and Uh, be done with it, I guess. Yeah. So March pretty much knows that if she Mm. goes down there, she'll Mm. be down there. Like, she's not going back. Oh, no. It's pretty clear from the beginning, but she's kind of fine with it, I guess. Okay. Mm -hmm. She just thinks like if she takes the vaccine, she'll be fine. And if the vaccine works, then she can come back up. That's kind of the idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So March then goes down there and she's like at this military base and, um, you know, there she meets all the people and like, I don't want to go too much into the story, but essentially Mm -hmm. March is supposed to like get to know the natives, get to know their style of living. Mm-hmm. And um, the like, the people from the military base and the natives, they don't really communicate. They don't really have a lot to do with each other. So then mm-hmm. March has to go out into the wilderness to meet the natives. Mm-hmm. And she does that. And she travels around there and meets multiple different cultures and stuff like that. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, the overall storyline like, yeah. has so many big themes that I think are really interesting and that I would like to dig into a bit more like the biggest theme of the book is change yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's really what it's about because March goes in there with like this predefined set of expectations yeah um, you know like what the natives will be like what life will be like and then mm-hmm. she just finds herself changing so much by all the experiences that she makes mm-hmm and she learns so much about the culture and she really gets drawn into this, into the different native natives that she meets there, like different groups of natives, um, because it's an entire planet, right? I mean, of yeah, course, yeah. They're only she's only roaming around in a limited area, but, you know, like, not not everybody on the planet is the same, just as much as on our planet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she, she really gets changed a lot by this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this really goes hand in hand with, like, with like this binary thinking yeah yeah because she's really yeah yeah like this is really for march it's like you have my people and then you have the natives and this changes so much for her like she Mm -hmm. she just gets to know them so much that at some point she feels more like she's connected more with the natives than with the people on the military base yeah Mm. but of course there's also this people who are on the planet against Mm. the people who are not on the planet yeah Mm. like yeah, this company they, they, mm-hmm. and then there's also like men versus women mm-hmm. and like i think that's the second like big theme of the book without actually being a thing it's like gender 
mm-hmm. um, because by simply not having any any men in there, uh-huh. like the entire concept of gender becomes mm-hmm. irrelevant. Mm. It's so interesting to me because, like the like, I think the question that the author was trying to explore here is like, if there were only women, would the mm. world be a better place, be more <laughs> peaceful, or? Mm more well-developed, anything like that? And the answer is no. Like, the world would still be the same because gender is only a thing because we enforce it in our society, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's so interesting. You have all these different characters who, you know, like, if if it wasn't for this virus thing, they would Mm -hmm. be like, this would be a a character that would typically be male, you Mm. know? Yeah, I see, yes. And at some points, you even forget that there are no men. Like, I don't know, she walks around in a village and it's like, oh, the sailors are arriving and there are a bunch of kids playing around. And you, when you picture it in your head, you see people of all yeah. genders. And then you realize, oh, no, that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think it really, it really shows that um, if, you, if you give people the room to develop, to be mm-hmm. what they want to be, to be free yeah. of these expectations, they can mm-hmm. become anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find that so interesting because it sounds so freeing in a way. Because mm-hmm. I know, I, like, I live in a, in a well-developed country. I could be whoever I want to be, right? But no, yes. because I was socialized in a certain way. I mm-hmm. got taught, maybe even subconsciously, from the other people around me how to behave and what mm-hmm. I could and can't do. And you know, yeah, it's not yeah. so easy to break free of that. Mm-hmm. Especially if everybody else is still stuck in it. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see in that book how they are free of, of gender roles because they don't have, they only have women around there. Yeah, but still they occupy the gender roles when they need to. Yeah, yeah, of course. There are still people who are killing other people. You have hunters, yeah. like mm-hmm. the leader of the military base, for example, is, I mean, of course, is a woman. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like these roles. I think there are like a bunch of roles where I thought if this was any other book, this would be a man. Like mm-hmm. the leader of the military base, for example. Yeah. You know, typical man role, like mm-hmm. high-ranking military official. True. Um, then, for example, the uh, march meets a native uh, who's like the leader of the tribe. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that would Again, be a male-assigned role. Yeah, or, like, the first thing comes to my mind is like an old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The leader like, of the tribe. Yeah. Like Marge is actually, she doesn't really want to go to that tribe. It's more of an accident. She walks on one of their sacred places and then they kind of abduct her. Oh, okay. And she has to live with like one of them. Um, uh-huh. And like this person is, becomes like a friend in the end, I, I suppose, or like a. Okay, okay, good. Maybe not a friend, but like an. Another um, character. An ally, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. But it's pretty rude to her. It's pretty like rough with her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a role that would typically be a male, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah, just, yeah. You know, like, they're also bad people. <laughs> they're also <laughs> bad women. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's, it becomes so natural in the story that you forget about it. Mm-hmm. So while this, this entire thing is going on, it's like gender mm-hmm. is not a topic. And that makes it yeah. such a huge topic. You know what true, I mean? True. Yes, yes. Yeah. So when you when you actually started describing about the theme of gender in this book, I kind of this kind of reminded me of a movie called 
think you might have seen this movie uh, portrait of lady on fire oh i haven't seen it i have it on my true to watch list because they keep recommending it but i haven't seen yes, it yes you should you should okay yes, should. i'll just say this without spoiling so even in that movie there are like there is no male main characters so there might be i mean they might show like male i don't know in for less than a minute if you consider the whole movie that's it background walking around <laughs> yeah yeah maybe that's it so mm-hmm. even without any presence of male you will still feel like the patriarchy throughout the movie because the women are defined by men like throughout like the roles which they are assigned to mm, yeah so i thought when you described in the beginning when there is no gender i thought it would go in that direction but this is like more of a different direction but it's it's also a good perspective yeah because they're completely free from the men in their life in a way yeah yeah true i mean you can see like for the um for the natives at least you know for the people in the military base they i don't know they maybe came with a partner that they lost because the mm, man yeah, died they... you know so they grieve oh, yeah. i forgot to ask so the vaccine works <laughs> sorry salam the vaccine works so she's alive the i mean even i don't want to spoil it but like that okay, doesn't, okay, okay. it's not necessary because she could get the virus and survive right like 80% chance of survival for women ah so. true true okay 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 yeah, i won't go into the plot detail then <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay yeah but it is like i think the i mean the whole book is written from marge's perspective so of course you're really drawn into her perspective but even she um becomes so free of like these gender roles that are defined around her because she's she is changing so much i think mm-hmm. the only i think i only remember two well let's call it scenes where she um, discusses men at all uh-huh. and one of them is her father mm-hmm. um so she remembers like talking to him at some point mm-hmm. and the other person is a man that um she had encountered on a different planet that's not the first planet she goes to she was working mm-hmm. on another planet mm-hmm. and um things were bad like mm-hmm. the yeah it it was bad she um i don't remember exactly why that happened but she got beaten up pretty badly by by oh. a male um person from the military personnel there oh okay colleague yeah, like well yeah, yeah no you're right that's essentially a colleague because they work for the same company right yeah yeah so she pretty much gets her entire face rearranged like literally they have oh. to do reconstructive surgery and crap so them she mentions that in the sense that like you can feel that she's still a little bit traumatized by that mm-hmm. and that swiftly brings me to the third theme that i think is is even though it's not constantly discussed i think is pretty big um mm. and that's corporate greed <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> because she's on this other planet on this first planet um because it's it's like a mining planet they're just mining the resources there mm-hmm. and the the big company um I don't know. I think they actually do call it the company the entire time. I don't remember. But um Amazon. <laughs> I don't want to call it Amazon. I don't want to get sued by Jeff fucking Bezos, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like this this company they want to start mining on Jeep, the the planet that we're on in the story. Mm-hmm. They want to mine there too. So that's why they even send Marge in the first place, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, they're like they tried mining there. the military personnel that arrived there and they um accidentally started um, i don't know i think there's like some 
what's it called tar tar pits or something like that underneath the ground and they accidentally started a fire there and then now they just you just have this huge area on the planet that's just like constantly on fire under the ground i mean these kind of things happens with oil even yes tar. yeah right i think something like that i think they call it tar i don't remember okay like of course it's neither tar nor oil because it's an alien planet but something like that let's I say guess. alien oil <laughs> alien oil. oh yeah yeah so they're trying to mine the alien oil accidentally set it on set it on fire and now this entire region on the planet is oh, is, is gone yeah. burning yeah yeah so they already did destroy the planet a bit and the thing that's also going on is like i mean i told you they have like the space station this space train station hanging in the sky there mm-hmm. but the company also has a second thing flying in the in the air Okay. In the orbit, I guess, which <laughs> I think kind of works like the Death Star, you know? Oh, okay. It's essentially just there mm-hmm. um, in case this mission fails. I don't know, the virus yeah. somehow manages to escape or mm-hmm. I don't know, anything like that. They just shoot down the space train station and then maybe shoot the military base, you know, bomb the entire place and be done with it. Yeah. Damn. So they have like this Death Star hanging out there the entire time. And March is aware of that. It's like okay. a, one of these... Secrets that everybody knows, I guess. She's like aware of all the things, and she's still willing to go there. <laughs> <laughs> she's a scientist, I guess. <laughs> like she finds all these things later, you know, like through ah, okay, through okay, the process. Right. I think does she already know this at the beginning of the book? I'm not super sure, but um, she has trained for this for decades, you know. So I understand why she doesn't just want to be like, you know, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to become a teacher now or I don't know something like that. Mm. So I do understand it in a sense, but yeah. She she also knows that she is like very important to them because she's testing the vaccine and if the vaccine works they can go and exploit the entire planet so, you know, mm-hmm. they they wouldn't just like that's the last thing they want to try before they I don't know, shoot down the entire thing, I guess. Mhm. Um yeah so that's like um I found that so interesting because I feel like that's a bit too close to reality you know like yeah, you know is. that this corporate greed thing is happening constantly but mm-hmm. you still got to go to work every day you still got to do your laundry you know and yeah. in the same sense march is still out there i don't know cooking a meal with somebody riding mm-hmm. a horse to get somewhere and mm-hmm. then she's like oh yeah also this death ray exists but you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know got to collect some flowers i don't know <laughs> got to talk to more people collect yeah, more exactly. data got to find some new friends also what happened to this person i met like 3 weeks ago i hope they're doing fine oh also the death ray you know yeah like, she knows about this she's pretty much aware of this everybody is but you still got to you, you can't really change it so you're still doing your normal life and that's yeah. what made me think of amazon so much <laughs> <laughs> because that's what's happening there too they're just exploiting the planet and people and we're all just doing our laundry i guess yeah yeah so that, that i think that's another big theme even though it's not addressed constantly like mm-hmm. there there's some action happening like it's a bit of an adventure story in a way because march goes and explores the planet and meets people and stuff but yeah um, mm-hmm. like this corporate greed it's still it's still around yeah it is something which we cannot avoid talking about <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> like the next theme that i thought was really interesting and maybe that's a bit intuitive because she goes to a new planet but that's kind of like humanity and culture because uh, she, yeah it's mm-hmm. really a, like the story 
the world building in the story is so good because mm-hmm. um, she meets different, like people just live differently on this planet in different areas. Like some of them are um, mm-hmm. nomads, you know, some of them are farmers. She meets mm-hmm. some, um, like these people from the tribe that live pretty wild lifestyle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Some are more like, I don't know, maybe like a, like a community, you know, like a Buddhist community living together or something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, but of course, is- you have these, I would even count to these cultures, the people on the military base, because in theory, of course, they're supposed to be like these uh, distanced, objective watchers, on, yeah. like interfere if they, the natives would attack them. Mm-hmm. But they keep living there for so long that they, you know, like they start to decorate their little, their little military houses and you know draw on the walls make their own clothes they develop start to develop their own culture it's really interesting Mm. yeah just because they're stuck there so much even before they ever interact with the natives they start to they start to change too i guess Mm. yeah it's like they're like the nobles are kind of like the privileged who kind of have more control yeah not really they're just very much living separate from everybody else I mean, a lot of the natives, they don't even know that they're around. They don't really care. It doesn't affect them. Because okay, mm-hmm. yeah, they just hang out at their military base. I think they have like this big fence around the base. And then they don't really go beyond that. Yeah, I mean, there are some privileged people like that, right? They don't know about the other people suffering or existence. They just care about themselves yeah. doing their thing. They yeah. realize, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's because this planet is also quite harsh, you know, like strong weather and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you you just stick close to home. So everybody's quite separate from everybody else. Okay, okay. Yeah, so maybe that's also a factor. I guess it's, maybe it's also ignorance, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's also like how the planet is shaped, mm. I guess. Yeah. And there, like, I think the last topic, uh, the last theme, I think that would yeah. be really something for you because it's a lot about um mm-hmm. mind and body and also s- like how you're connected to the earth like spirituality identity um, yeah identity as well yeah i think it would be a really good book for you i think you would enjoy it a lot <laughs> <laughs> nice because marge talks a lot like a lot of things that you experience through marge mm-hmm. are experienced in like a physical thing like yeah. she doesn't really describe i'm sad i'm hungry but it's more like my stomach hurts or you know like she's a very ah, physical okay, okay. person Right, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, that only intensifies as soon as she gets in touch with like the people and the planet, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that would be really something for you because the people, like the natives on the planet, they're different from everybody else in the sense that they're very, like, very much connected to each other through memories and through their mind, uh-huh. and they're very close to the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Definitely, this is something which I could. <laughs> Yeah, like there's also a spiritual journey for March in that sense, not just a physical one. Mm. Yeah, a really good book. I actually I wanted to um, look up some reviews where people are giving bad reviews for the book. Yeah. <laughs> because I always think that's really interesting. Like, why do they not like this book? And I found some reviews where they only gave like, wait, how many? One star. Two stars out of five. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and um, for example, they also criticize like what you said that March, um, mm. like, what is she up to? Why does she just go on this planet? She like that she's hand, um, her actions are irrational, unreasonable, and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I found that quite interesting because I think, I don't really think she is. Like in the beginning, she's such a reasonable person. Then she just kind of tries to get with the flow of the planet. She changes, you know? Yeah. And the other thing that people criticized, and that I think is so interesting, mm-hmm. is um, the leader of the military base. Because people are like, she's too emotional, um, she's not made for this role, she's not a good leader. <laughs> and I found that so funny because, first of all, that's maybe true. Mm. But second of all, the only, she is not made for this role. It's true because she only became the leader of the military base mm. because everybody else was above her in the, like the, rank, the ranking uh-huh. order. They yeah, just yeah. died, you know? <laughs> I think she was like maybe the, uh, the 10th person in the chain of command, but all the mm-hmm. people above her died, so now she's in charge. Yeah. I mean, whenever I hear a comment about, oh, this character should have done this, done that, I don't know. I mean, this is the character which the author designed. They did this because... Yes. <laughs> I don't know. That's their... They have some... Their way of consistency that they try to maintain even if they change they would have given compelling reasons i don't know maybe if they don't find it compelling yeah exactly maybe you you just think differently i guess that's all right you can have your own opinion i just find it very interesting that all these people mm. who i think most of them are women too now that i'm looking at, <laughs> at least the names of the, the reviews yeah. here mm-hmm. um, they criticize for the women that they are too emotional <laughs> I feel like that's something, mm. you know, we should, I don't know. I feel like that's something that people easily do. It's like, if you want to criticize something, it's like, oh, the woman's too emotional. You know? Yeah, exactly. See, again, this is like the gender role, which we kind of like took upon because of the society we live in. Exactly. Yeah. They don't, they don't see too. the commander being emotional. They couldn't take it. Even if, yeah, women yeah. are not, yeah, they don't like it. I just feel like the the criticism, the voice here is actually valid in the sense that, you know, like, especially with the leader of the military base, like, she's not made for this role. That's correct. But, like, Hmm. that's the point of the story. That's the point of this character, that she is too emotional. And that's actually what makes her so good in this role. Like, that's that's not what the military wants, but that's actually very good for everybody who lives on that planet, you know? It's like really good book. I can only recommend reading it. Nice. And actually, I brought you. Um, oh, sorry. What did you say? No, no, no. I just said I'll add it to my list right away. Ammonite. Oh, yes. Ammonite. Yeah. I actually yes. have uh, three quotes from the uh-huh. book. Yes, please. Um, like three that I don't know. They're not. I just thought they're they're kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, they connected with me personally. I think because yeah. the first one is um. Never refuse information. Oh. Like, I don't know. I think Marge maybe got that from her dad or something. But I thought that's such a good... Like, I keep thinking about that, you know? It's like, when somebody talks to me and I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm not interested with something. It's like, no, actually, they are giving me information right now. Like, never refuse any information. It can always become, like, relevant at some point. True. I mean, I don't know. But at this time, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there is so much fake news. <laughs> you can't just listen to everything and take in. Well, no, no, no. I don't even mean, like, believe it, but, like... Ah, yeah, yeah. that's true, that's true, yes, yes. Yeah, so, like, somebody is offering you information. Like, 
at least acknowledge this and then you can make up your own mind about it of course like yeah, yeah. you know when someone's trying to manipulate you or something you should still listen to what they say because they reveal a lot about themselves in this in this moment mm -hmm. true true i mean yeah this is something people always say data is everything yeah so i i, I don't know i feel like that's something that i've always done maybe in a way but i yeah. never really heard it put into words so i thought like oh yeah never refuse information i keep thinking it since i read this book <laughs> Nice. Maybe it's also because, you know, like scientists and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. We cannot avoid. <laughs> yeah. And I think the next quote is also because I just started my new job and stuff. Because it's um it's about like some a person describes her work and stuff like that. And she yeah. says, Everything I do can become part of my work if I choose. Ooh. And I thought that's so interesting because it's about how she does so many different things and how that makes her role so complex and stuff. But mm -hmm. I think that's so true. Like, I know I have a job that has like a job description and mm -hmm. certain qualifications that are needed for it. But everything I am and everything I can do and all my mm -hmm. experiences, I can make that part of my work if I choose to, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, so I thought that was that's kind of a nice quote. Mm -hmm. It just really spoke to me. Yeah. And the last one, I think, is just so, like, it's just for the book overall, like, such a huge thing. Because yes. it's change is just change. Not all good, not all bad, just different. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, a, it's said at the very end of the book, and the book mm -hmm. ends in, in a, well, maybe, a, I don't know if a cliffhanger is the right term, but like a lot of open questions. Okay. And usually that makes me really. Like mm -hmm. I want to know more, mm -hmm. but in in this case, it feels it feels only reasonable for this book. It feels like mm -hmm. that is the adequate ending for it because you know, mm -hmm. like they've changed the, so much throughout the book, and you know they will continue changing in the future. Mm -hmm. But that's all right because change is part of human nature, you know. Yeah, change is the only constant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So at that point, it felt like okay. That there were so many open questions for me because I know, yeah, like change will happen. It's all right. Mm -hmm. I can live with it. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially all I have to say about this this book. But I mean, I talked for so long already. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's a nice book, and you covered like, I mean, you covered all the themes which you find interesting, and it kind of like, I mean, you kind of sold it very well. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yes. So I'm on it. It is like it would be in my list for sure. I mean, it's a long list, but it couldn't. It can come up. <laughs> yeah, it's also I think like a 300, 400 page book. So it's not like you're going to read it in, you know, in like yeah. a, a swift afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but I I still will add it to my list. Yes. Yes. Nice. So, my book, the recent book which I read. I think yes. you might have heard of it. It's called A Thousand Splendid Sons. Have you heard of it? No, I feel like it, maybe somebody recommended that to me recently, but I haven't read it, no. Do you know Kite Runner? Oh yeah, you recommended that to me, but I also did not read that one, shame. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So Kite Runner, I, I mean, this book was written by someone called Halid Husseini. So he, he was born in Afghanistan, but he... Uh, came and settled in US and he studied and he was he's a doctor like a, a medical doctor okay. and yeah I think after he was doctor for 
I don't know, a few years, and then he decided to write a book. So Kite Runner was his first book, and this is kind of like a semi-autobiography. So it is loosely based on his story, and it's an amazing book, Kite Runner. So when I read it, I was so impressed. I really wanted to continue reading. But, but of course, you know, I love Murakami more. So <laughs> I kind yes. of like jumped in Murakami, and then I read a bunch of Murakami books. But anyway, uh, my sister actually started this book and she told me so many good things about it and i was like yes yes i will read it after this murakami book and then i kind of finished that murakami book and then i started reading this and i thought okay i mean kite runner is like already set a, such a high bar i thought okay i already like set my expectation so low i was like okay i mean of course i can't expect every book like to be a kite runner so this might be a little low but still i need to keep my expectation low so that i would like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, but oh boy, <laughs> I was in for a treat. It's just mind-blowing. I think this is my favorite book of the year. Really? Wow. Yeah, this made such an impact, but I must warn you, but this is not for the faint-hearted. I think I couldn't continue this book for, I don't know, at so many points. I had to stop reading. Oh, but is it because it was, of like emotional or like... Yeah, it was okay. uh, for the emotional and like, I don't know, for the... I don't know. It, I couldn't take it. And there are many moments where I actually cried, like tears falling out from my eyes. That oh, no. cried. Oh. But I don't know. Maybe that's why it made such an impact. I just love this book so much. I don't know how to like explain about this book without spoiling anything. But the storyline doesn't matter. It's just super simple. It's just... I mean, we could like see it from different perspectives. Like We, we can say it's a story which shows the history of Afghanistan through two women like at different age or we could see it as a story of uh, i don't know the effect of war on normal people or we could see it as story of um i don't know life of women in afghanistan oh wow a lot of dimensions there yeah 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 we could see through like i don't know the author is so brilliant he covered i mean even if it's like a story of two people he kind of like covered all the historical things throughout, like in the background. You could see like what are all the things which is happening in the background. He just did it brilliantly. Wow, sounds like a lot of work, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so there are like two main characters. Both of them are female. Um, so it kind of shifts between like both their perspective. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to spoil anyway. I don't care. <laughs> I think I also spoiled a bit, so fair enough. <laughs> So, like, the first is from a character named Mariam. Um, you know, in Afghanistan at that time, at least, um, I mean, you know, in, in the Muslim country, men are allowed to marry different, like, many women. But still, uh, I don't know if they, I think they are allowed to marry three women. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, this Mariam, she is actually um, treated as Harami. So it means bastard because her mom, like she's not married to her dad. He's oh, already married. Okay. Yeah. So that his dad, he is married to three other women, I think, but not her mom. So the mom's more like the mistress or something. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, but, okay. Uh, but she's not like a mistress. She is living in a very small place. It's like a single room. That's it. And she's living there with her like daughter and in the beginning you see that i mean she might not seem super nice to her daughter she always like reminds her that 
okay you are not like a normal people you are a harami she always like emphasized that and i find it like super harsh because she's a little girl like she kind of like emphasizes so many little things on this little girl it i think she kind of internalizes those then she mm. always tells like things about men how you shouldn't trust them wait now i need to like um, read some of the quotes which i really really loved i think one of the best things which i loved in this book is like don't know the way the quotes like the way he verbalized few things i think i i couldn't articulate such things <laughs> so nicely yes him yes. oh my god i was so impressed so wait i'll i'll read like one of the quotes like from this mom to her daughter so she says this learn this now and learn this well my daughter like a compass needle that always points north a man's accusing finger always finds a woman this is wow. <laughs> yeah it was like oh my god and, actually, and when you read the book you kind of see like all the things like she's not wrong yeah i like honestly it was it was really resonating with me when you read it i was like oh yeah that's kind of true <laughs> Yeah. and she and she also says another thing a man's heart is a wretched wretched thing mariam it isn't like a mother's womb it won't bleed it won't stretch to make room for you there's like damn this guy oh, damn that's good straight up poetry bars yeah. man <laughs> yeah i mean it is like that like especially when you see through mariam's eyes like there was one particular incident like I mean because this is seen through I don't know when she was 12 or 13 she's such a she's a little kid she don't know a lot all her world like she only knows her mom her dad and some and there's another old guy who teaches her Quran so she only knows these people and yeah, these are the these three people are her whole whole world and her father only comes and see her like once in a while so she always like longs for him for his presence because at least she thinks that he treats her better than her mom so she would be like waiting for him all the time whenever he's about but there'd be one particular incident where she decides to like go meet him on his own her mom always warns her like don't trust him or don't do anything like i am all what you have so you have to be with me but still she thinks that mom is like super emotional and she just don't want me to be happy and then she kind of like goes on her way to like see her dad So now this incident I mean this she actually finds his home and he, she kind of like talks to the person like a watchman I think standing outside the house to like to see his father and he's like okay father is not home she's like okay I'll wait till I see him and it was an evening and then she kind of like waits outside the home she kind of waits and waits and waits and then this guy comes and tell her like okay you are little girl you need to go he is not coming back and she's like no no i am going to stay here so he couldn't convince her further so he's like okay at least like use this blanket so he gives her a blanket and she kind of even sleeps there so oh. she spends the whole night just waiting for her dad and then in the morning when she wakes up she still like she still don't see him and then she's like okay i mean uh, she kind of like super disappointed now she kind of like slowly all her mother words come to her she's like oh my god maybe he don't want to see me all these things come to her mind and then she's like confused now but when she's about to go she turns back and then she saw like a window of her dad's apartment and she kind of like sees that someone just closed the curtain and she knew that who's that who closed the curtain 
Oh, so he was home the entire time. He was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I will see you today. Exactly. So that was like the first blow to her. And this character, oh my God, she suffers a lot. And this is just the beginning. No, no, the poor one. I hate it when bad things happen to children. It just hurts so much. Oh my God, there is so much worse to come. Oh. It just keeps on happening. Oh my God, but it's so insane. But it's not about the things which happens to her, but the mindset she has. That's the most, I don't know, the thing which I couldn't take. Yeah, that's something which affected me a lot. So, like, at some point when she kind of, like, finds some happiness in in a friend of her. But at that time, whenever she feels little, like, glad or good about herself, um, there, there's always some thought which pops up. So, this is another quote which I realized, like, uh, how Mariam behaves when she gets, like, a good feeling. So, wait, I'll read. Mm-hmm. And the past held only this wisdom, that love was a damaging mistake and its accomplice hope, a treacherous illusion. And whenever those twin poisonous flowers began to sprout in the pastured land of that field, Mariam uprooted them. She uprooted them and ditched them before they even took hold. So this is how oh, wow. yeah. she gets whenever she kind of like gets a good feeling. It really sounds a lot like she internalized a lot of what her mom told her. Yeah, so throughout her life, all she wants is like a little acknowledgement to know that at least there is someone for her that's all that's all she needed like it, she's a very simple woman she don't have so much ambitions and anything she just wants to live a life where she knows that there is someone for her that's all because this is yeah <laughs> this that's is not too one much of the protagonist yeah this is one of the protagonists and the second protagonist is a little different she's a um she's i don't know 15 years younger than her and this girl, she's educated, actually. She's also, I mean, she was also young, but uh, she kind of like went to school throughout. And she had a very good mom and dad. And the dad really wants her to study. So that kind of like gave her um, a good educational background. And she's also bold. Like she can like, I don't know. If she wants to do something, she'll take action. She's like that. So this girl, like, she's the second protagonist. And, of course, these two people, um, their paths will, I don't know, collide. So, I mean, yeah, again, I don't want to go into the story too much. But their paths will collide. And, like, if you see the world from her perspective, she fights hard, like, for whatever she needs. But still she suffers. Like, actually, um, the way Mariam suffers, she kind of, like, internalizes everything. And then she kind of accepted her life. So, in a way... The other girl, okay, her name is Lila. She mm-hmm. suffers more because she fights. And every time she fights, she got hit back, like, way brutally. Oh, so they're like opposites in a way, right? They're very contrasting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not in what happens to them, but in their behavior, in their reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, so at some point, what happens? Uh, this Lila, she has a daughter. Her name is Aziza. So this daughter, I mean, they'll get to a point when, I don't know, they'll become so poor that they couldn't like keep the child in their home. So they had to put this child in the foster home. Because of, yeah, it's not because of them being poor. It's also because of the government. So as I said, they also like cover the political background in a very nice way. So throughout this, they shows like how um, the government has been changed in Afghanistan throughout. 
so in the beginning uh, there would be like a soviet rule like the russian people occupying and then there would be some good things and there would be so many bad things and how i don't know how they wage wars and how they kill people but despite of this uh, this lila's dad he kind of like remarks on thing so people might say whatever about the russian rule or communism but during this communism rule at least the women in afghanistan were like had a nice life that's like their best life during uh, at least the period of afghanistan in the past few years because i mean at least in communism women are like treated equally so they had like the rights to education in all the fields there are like men and women equally placed so yeah. that's the time when yeah this laila kind of like studied oh okay so that was the time when she was probably only allowed to study right yes yes and then there is this taliban rule so this is kind of like this so russia was like there and then of course afghanistan got support from the us and the other western countries and then they kind of like chased the russia away then they kind of like gave afghanistan like okay you can rule by yourself then <laughs> this religious extremists came and then they kind of like uh, put this absolute muslim rule so there is this entire like i don't know two or three pages dedicated to all the rules which they kind of like enforced there and then out of those rules only like i don't know 10% is for the men and the whole other is for the women they are not allowed to i don't know uh, go to school they are not allowed to work they are not even allowed to go to the hospital when there is men they are not even allowed to take out their burqa what and they can't are, go to the hospital they can't go to the hospital which is Uh, by men so there will be female hospital but i don't know how they do it because oh. female are not allowed to study oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah oh my god yeah that's that's pretty dramatic i mean what if you're hurt yeah, you're, yeah. you're close to a male hospital but not to a female one are you just exactly. going to die you're or... not allowed yeah you are not allowed Jesus. and then uh, they are not even allowed to go outside without male company So, <laughs> so yeah, that's like that. So I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, as I said, they, he kind of like brings out all the political background throughout the story. So I mean, it's not like he would put it in um, like on your face. It's just like I don't know. Whenever the character is talking, when they are about to do some action, they can't do it because of the political situation, and they would explain the political situation background like that. So slowly, you'll get to know okay what's happening out there. Okay. Yeah, see that makes so much sense, right? That's so close to reality. Like I'm not constantly evaluating the political system I'm living in, but I do mm-hmm. think about it when it affects me. Yeah. Yeah. But even her, the Lila, who seemed to be like the opposite of Maryam, even she had some bad memories. The similarity is uh she is not kind of seen by her mother. The thing is, she had two brothers and they were sent to like to the military in their early age and they died oh no so, so even after they are dead so even after they they died her mom kind of like got affected by this and then she is like i don't know from then on like she is not kind of happy so because of that i mean even after that uh, she is um, so at least this is how lila sees it so lila tries to like peace her Uh, please her mom in so many ways but still she kind of like thinks about her sons in a very good way and now their sons they are kind of like uh, immortal in her heart that she cannot overthrow her brothers in mom's heart 
because she is there and they are not and still she cannot make her mom see see her yeah so, because they are perfect now right like they yeah, can't make yeah. any mistakes <laughs> yes and for this he even like made another quote where i'll try to i'll read that quote yes so this is something which lila realized she would never leave her mark on mommy's heart the way her brother said because mommy's heart was like a pallid beach where lila's footprints would forever wash away beneath the waves of sorrow that swelled and crashed swelled and crashed it's like man that was an amazing metaphor yeah it's like yes. yeah no matter what she does it's just like i don't know scribblings in the sands in the beach always her sorrow would like wash it away it really hurts you know like to think about it that way really you can really feel her pain yeah yeah so that is so throughout this even when when you think that this lila is like kind of in a better place still she's in like look for acceptance in a way from her mom and she couldn't get it yeah oh that, that's that's pretty terrible the poor one yeah yeah so as i said this is just few things which i mentioned throughout the story there are so many hot things which i couldn't take easily yeah i can imagine and and there is one more thing so there is this as i said lila has a daughter her name is aziza and as i said they at some point and they couldn't afford and they had to put her, put her in the foster home that's so terrible <laughs> yeah. yeah and she is just 8 year old at that time but she is so matured at the time that even the orphanage is not like i don't know super rich or something she won't get meals all the time she'll get one or twice once or twice a meal every day and they don't have enough water so she is in all these kind of situation and whenever her mom and comes to look at her she always like uh, pretends to be super happy like oh mom yeah i did this i did that but the only good thing about this orphanage is like uh, the guy who is like holding the orphanage he like make you know he teaches the children in an underground so actually teaching women is kind of a crime so he had to do it underground oh so see he's like secretly giving them you know yeah, something education. some tools yeah. yeah yeah so she's like pretending to be happy and sharing all the things she learned so like while i was reading this there was like uh, something which i thought is trivial so this little girl she talks about like geography oh you do you know how some earthquakes come from she's like oh no there is like huge tectonic plates moving underground and do you know what's like super interesting the tectonic plates like move so much underground like so deep into the earth but we cannot see anything on the surface like all these powerful collisions and all these tectonic plate movements could be only seen as a little tremor on the surface she just tells this to her mom and she's super excited yeah so that's kind of exciting to think about yeah yeah so she's i was like oh, okay interesting fact but i didn't know like why she is like super excited about it but whenever she like whenever she talks she kind of like uh, stutters a little like because she is like super anxious and she is like trying to cover up all the suffering she is going through and she don't want her parents to know this right ah okay yeah so that's why she don't like i don't know show this up but her mom she kind of realizes something like after like visiting her and when she is like going back she kind of like uh, thinks about her okay now i'll read this quote she thought of aziza's stutter and of what aziza had said earlier about the fractures and powerful collisions deep down and how sometimes all we see on the surface is a slight tremor so it's like oh my god <laughs> mm. 
that's like so deep because in the beginning i thought it's so insignificant or like just a normal thing but the way he connected it it was like amazing so yeah. like like this there are like metaphor yeah yeah so he kind of uses metaphors all over even in like little little things so when laila was little she was uh, in love with the guy uh, so at that time um like when he is when she is talking to this guy she realizes something about how uh, men see friendship so there was this quote about this boys laila came to see treated friendship the way they treated the sun its existence undisputed its radiance best enjoyed not beheld directly so <laughs> because this guy he is not so expressive so that's what she realizes after like spending time with him that's how they see friendship that they know that it's there but they don't like always show it up or like talk about it and yeah. he kind of put it in a super nice way yeah yeah it's not about that information it's more about like how he wrote it yeah yeah exactly it's more about like the internalized or like the internal struggle of the people maybe than the political struggle yeah and yeah i mean again it covers like so many things for example how they deal with loss how they deal with disappointment and how they internalize little little things and yeah the way the society kind of like um, like put them for example mariam throughout her life always internalizes herself as this harami like she is unworthy of love unworthy of anything <laughs> and yeah. they, uh. and also pain and suffering the way they endure pain oh my god it's like uh, there was also a quote about it wait i wrote it down somewhere yeah so human who would be like a rock in a oh, human uh, wait wait women we will be like a rock in a river bed enduring without complaint her grace not solid but shaped by the turbulence that washes her over so he kind of like tries to say that these women they might seem like they are accepted or like look naive or ignorant because they are like suffering throughout but he is saying they are actually enduring without complaint and they are not um, disturbed by this but they are shaped by the turbulence of this so he kind of like i mean of course he's not glorifying but he is kind of like telling how what mariam does is not easy Yeah, I've heard that reminds me so much. I don't know where I heard that one, but um somebody said like that men and women struggle differently. I mean, of course it's enforcing gender roles and so forth, but I still thought it was interesting that they described it like how women get like, you know what you said, you know, like a river running against stone just like being yeah, yeah, slowly formed and chiseled away and how men just kind of break, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's just they you're how you endure a hardship it's just different i thought that was very interesting not sure if it's true but i thought it's interesting yeah yeah i mean these are the only things which i could touch without uh, covering the whole story <laughs> maybe i didn't talk so long but i think i mean i kind of like like convinced you that this book is worth reading <laughs> definitely yeah especially now i don't know um if you're reading the news currently because i'm getting live updates as we talk and apparently yeah. Afghanistan is currently being run over by the Taliban and like they're literally What? taking over right now again damn oh my god 25 okay. minutes ago from bbc news afghanistan is on the brink of taliban takeover yep oh my god <laughs> like this is very differently because i mean i just finished the book and then i got 
to see like how the Alib- Taliban rule is and what are the rules they enforce. My God. Yeah. Like this is the, I think this book will be more relevant than ever now. Yeah. Yeah, that's about Thousand Splendid Sons. Oh, the name, the name of the book. I mean, I think it's taken from a poem by an Afghanist, Afghan poet, I think. I mean, I don't uh, exactly remember the whole poem, but at least the author said, I mean, I don't know whether it's author, maybe one of the fans, he kind of like uh, compared this, like there was a poem line, which they mentioned even in the book, which talks about how, like, um how women kind of like think about when they are like inside their room so there's like only two lines which they mention in the book one could not count the moon that shimmer on her roof or the thousand splendid suns that hide behind her walls so, <laughs> so yeah this kind of yeah you can see this kind of shows like what are all the things which they I mean, not just the potential, but all the things which they could do, but they can only like think about these things inside the walls. So it's like a very nice metaphor that says the thousand splendid suns that hide behind our walls. Yeah, I feel like our books are really tying nicely into each other here because in my book, there there are no other genders besides females. So they're so free in becoming who they want to be. And how in your book, these gender roles are so strictly enforced that it really yes. shapes them in their development so much and in their thinking as well. Yes, yes. Really interesting. I will definitely yeah. put that on my to-read list right next to Guide Runner, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but again, I, I'll have to warn you, it is not for the faint-hearted. You need to like embrace yourself. Yeah. There might be intense stuff. Okay, I will. Yes. Awesome. So we can talk about some other book next time. I hope you would be a frequent co-host with me. (laughs) So this is so much fun. I got to read some more too. So that will be, you know, pressure to do it. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you were more organized. I think I was just randomly blabbering about a few things here and then. Maybe I should write it down properly next time. Because Uh, I was just, yeah, talking from my heart. I only wrote down the quotes. But other than that... (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that's, I think that's how we both work, you know. Like you, you talk from the heart. I need to, I need to write things down in my brain first. <laughs> yeah, but I hope people would understand whatever I was trying to say. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I understood. You know. Okay, that's good. And it's an audio journal, so I think I will, ad- I will understand <laughs> when I listen to it again. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, until next time. Until next time. See you then. (laughs) Bye.